whatever I do next, you know, I'd like to do for the rest of my life. I'd like to make a difference in society. I'd like to help the environment in some way. And I'm just one person. We come together at the table and those are where our best and sometimes worst conversations with friends and loved ones and, and strangers. It's time for conversations about our food and how it's grown on Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. Boy, I wish I had a cookie for every time I heard somebody said they got tired of the corporate structure and were yearning for something more. Well, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to talk to somebody that I think by your own news release and information, uh, Drew Levich kind of went through that stage. Drew, uh, welcome to Farm to Table Talk. Thank you. Thanks for having me to Table Talk. Now, you know, Drew, this is going to be kind of fun because uh, I've talked to people of different journeys uh, that are in the food industry. One thing I have run into seriously many times before are people that said that they had done something else. And then they were finding, uh, they thought there had to be something more. It sounds like you've had some corporate experiences. And now you find yourself in cookies, and not only in cookies, but you're also giving examples of how a company like yours that's in the food business can do things that are good for people, good for the earth, and you feel good about what you're doing in addition to making something that tastes good. Which, by the way, the next time we do a podcast, I better have some cookies here because it'll be a much better podcast. I'll do that and I will throw in some popcorn too because we have popcorn. Oh, well, that's that's great. That's great. You know, when I do cookies, to me... It also helps the dairy industry because I'm one of those people that has to chase my cookies with milk. And I have to admit, I can do almond milk, too, and oat milk, and in addition to dairy milk. Who knew milk was going to become that political? We're going to start with a journey because then we're going to get into cookies and then we're going to get into doing good for the earth. And before you started doing what you're doing now, which we're going to talk about, what were you doing? Because I have a suspicion that when you were growing up, you didn't say, someday I'm going to grow up and be in cookies. Part of the reason that I want to share this message around sustainability and giving back to the planet. I think as adults, we end up forgetting about the connection that we had to nature. So, for example, I grew up in the Midwest. I spent a lot of time playing in trees, climbing trees, building tree houses and fields and creeks. Whether you grow up in a place like Kansas or you grow up in New York City, for most of us, our experiences in childhood, nature, parks, fields, playgrounds outside are part of the canvas that supports us through childhood. And as we go through our careers and as we get older, we lose that touch and that connection with nature and we make decisions in corporate positions that don't benefit trees, the environment, the oceans. So I did grow up in the Midwest and spent a lot of time outside and, you know, very rural and country landscapes. And then I got uh, moved to New York to go to New York University, where I studied economics and took a path into Wall Street and working at investment banks that I later realized in my 20s was a complete 
completely different course of who I was as a kid and who I was on the inside. So when I talk about a previous corporate life, it was living a life and following goals and dreams and aspiration that weren't in line with who I was. And for me, being in a large city without readily available nature, that that wasn't good. So I, you know, from there got took an entrepreneurial path and started and exited a few startups. And I realized a few years ago during at the beginning of COVID that I was in a position where whatever I do next, you know, I'd like to do for the rest of my life. I'd like to make a difference in society. I'd like to help the environment in some way. And I'm just one person, which I was just watching the other day an interview with um, Jane Goodall. And she was talking about you know, a lot of the reason that there's not much change in the world is that we all think we're just one person and we become apathetic. And I realized through my personal network and my own drive and some of the resources I had available that what I do next, I really want to help the conversation around sustainability, around how we can all have fun and have different conversations about what's good for the environment, and really understanding or throwing out the idea that. While we vote for presidents and for mayors and government officials, every time we purchase a product, we're voting for the decisions that the corporate officers have made for us. When you start recognizing that, were you at the time happily employed otherwise someplace that you had to quit what you were doing and start this new journey or or take a, a whiteboard and start sketching out, okay, here's here's the route I'm going to take to get to the life I want to have. Well, you know, sometimes people make decisions for you. I wasn't very good at the at the corporate finance level, so I, I just got fired. And and that's and I say that with tr- with with full transparency because I think one I know I'm not the only person who's gotten fired a lot from laid off from a job, but there's always the other side of the rainbow. And I think sometimes we get upset and depressed and furious because what, what was in front of us didn't work out. And the reality is, is that those failures lead us down other paths. So in retrospect, I mean, yeah, it was the best thing that could have happened to me. What end of the country were you when that happened? I was in the East Coast. So I was still living in New York and trying to do the New York Wall Street thing and wear fancy suits and, you know, still learn how to tie a tie. And um, I realized that that life just wasn't for me and moved out to California. Yeah. So what do you do with all those suits? I'm facing that question. It seems like ever since the pandemic, all the a closet full of suits, they're just sitting there. I don't know. I'm waiting, I'm waiting to be invited to something important that requires a suit. So in the meantime, you know, they'll be collecting dust. So you still got some of them, but did you, did you move out to the West coast before you figured out what you were going to do when you got here or after you got here? Yeah, I I had some jobs lined up uh, in the construction and real estate business and wanted to, wanted to originally follow down that path. So I had some projects and some jobs lined up and that's to justify the move to Los Angeles and it just started to happen. Yeah. Well, then how did it happen? I mean, I'm, I already teased it out a little bit because I, I mentioned cookies and, and you added popcorn to the mix. So how do we go from that stage of where you wanted to be, uh, 
going through on the East Coast, knowing where you didn't want to be, getting out here, and then getting a business started. How did that happen? Oh, God, just a series of bad mistakes and bad decisions. Um, and, and I'm only like 90% joking because I think it's very difficult, you know, to start a business. Um, I think the vision, at least around the cookies and, and now the popcorn is, what can we make that's fun, that's exciting, that people like to share? Because the ethos of what we're doing is to really get the dialogue around profits and corporate profits and making change in the world. So if we can do that with products that people like to share and enjoy, it makes it a lot more fun and easy. Mm-hmm. And so you decided to start making, was it cookies first, then popcorn, and then cookies, yeah. Yeah. And then how are you going to, I mean, where do you bake them? Where, how do you market them? How do you package them? How does that, how does that come about? That's a, that's a fair amount of organization has to take place. A lot of organization. So we work with um, chefs and bakers and we formulate different recipes to come up with something that we think is high quality enough to sell and, and of course, delicious. Um, the popcorn, we're working on some unique flavors. So it's a lot of, it's a really a lot of trial and error in, in getting those, getting those recipes right. As far as the packaging is concerned on the cookies, we were the world's, we came out with the world's first fully sustainable cookie tray. So there's no plastic in our tray. It's all post-consumer fibers. So it's not going to be, it's not going to end up in the ocean for hundreds or thousands of years. And we did that over the course of a couple of years developing it during COVID, you know, not to sound like Kennedy, not because it was easy, but because it was hard, but not because we thought we should do it. We felt like we needed to, we needed to show corporate brands that it can be done without a lot of expense. We wanted to show customers that there all are our alternatives to non-sustainable toxic plastic packaging. And we wanted to create something for snack lovers that shares some of the same values. And those values are sustainability, good taste, and something that is for the greater good. Now, part of your program is that you actually own a bakery or have kitchens that you're making these in, or do you have a made for you, the, the you know, your cookies and your popcorn? Yeah, we work with a group of like smaller kitchens and bakers, and then we bring those together in larger, larger. So you end up with the cookies and you end up with the popcorn and you got this kind of packaging. Where is it marketed? Uh, right now, we're mostly focused online, and we're talking to some retailers for some rollouts as far as going going into retail stores. So, uh, so you're online. You're you're starting to talk to retailers and so forth, and then you've got the you've got the story about what you're doing. Now, let's go back again. When you're baking cookies or popcorn, is there any particular attention that you're spending to the sources or the types of I don't know varieties of popcorn or you know, where the chocolate's coming from or anything, anything like that. Is there um, a sourcing element that's part of your strategy? There is. So while we're not a health product or vegetarian, we are focused on not using corn syrup, using real sugar, using uh, palm oil that's sustainable, sustainably sourced 
and bringing those things together in something that has the best ingredient deck as possible. To what extent are you able to be helpful to other nonprofits or other programs? Are you uh, you're trying to support uh, some other initiatives as well? Yeah. So even before we sold our first cookie, I personally wrote a check to plant 2,500 trees in Africa, uh, in Kenya, which is with a, a organization that's helping to grow the forest. And, you know, planting trees is difficult. So you've got to plant the trees and maintain the trees and water the trees. So we feel good about our work there. We've also supported uh, an organization called Alma Farms that's in Compton, California, that takes formerly incarcerated individuals uh, that have served their sentence. While they might not have traditional marketable job experiences, they're able to go to the farm and not only learn how to farm and irrigate, but get back in tune with with regular life skills and, and holding a job. The produce that they grow then uh, goes out to the local community, both to feed and educate them about uh, healthy eating. So we financially supported that. When companies identify the good things they're doing, unfortunately, a lot of people are sort of cynical anymore, and they just say, oh, well, that's just greenwashing, or they're, oh, that's just a marketing strategy. I mean, when people raise that point, do you, are you able to explain, or do you, do you bother to explain, or are you able to kind of sort through and say, well, you know, we feel it's the right thing to do. We feel good about it. Plus, you know, it is helping. Um, you know, how do you wrestle with that? I wrestle with it. Most of the we, one we haven't been, I understand greenwashing. We haven't been, um, no one's pointed our finger in saying that. The, the greenwashing movement is around corporate CEOs that are putting sustainability off in 2037 or some far off land when they could make those changes today. Our sustainable packaging exists now. We've planted the trees now. We've worked with the local communities now. So our sustainability plan isn't for 2029. It's, it's for today. So that's the difference. And a lot of the events, activations, parties that we have are centered around yoga outside. We do collabs with Adidas or with Soho House or with Coachella. So any, the greenwashing thing doesn't apply to us because we actually are out doing those things and getting folks outside in nature to do yoga. We support that and we sponsor it. We share the cookies. So the greenwashing thing is definitely an issue. Uh, we want to get folks on board to make those changes, you know, in this quarter, not in 10 quarters, because we really have mm -hmm. to start getting, getting moving in the right direction. Do you have any feedback from customers that say, man, these cookies are delicious. I uh, really love the popcorn, but I also really like your story. Are you, are you getting any of that kind of feedback yet? We are. People are actually surprised that the cookies taste so good and that the popcorn is so good. And not, not because I think they thought that it would be bad, but we're not leading with taste first, which may, mm -hmm. probably is a mistake. We're, we're talking about the conversation around planting trees, helping local communities. We're not talking about how amazing our popcorn is. So people are surprised about it. Um, folks want to get involved. They want to you know, we started doing work on weekends down at Alma Farms and, and spent a lot of time there with yoga events and the ice cream tastings, cookies. And 
And people want to come and join. You know, people want to learn how they can plant trees. They can get more involved in sustainability. Or we'll talk about what plastic packaging does. And people ask me, like, how we, I'm like, look, it took us a year and a half. And that was like just me, like, spearheading that. So somebody with an MBA and a PhD or master's and like, you know, packaging design could easily go and do that. There's no reason that Procter and Gamble can't come out with a laundry detergent jug that's not a chunk of plastic. I can do it. They can do it. And I'd be more than happy to talk to any of them on, on how we how we got through that. So there's a general curiosity and there's a general excitement to, you know, make let people make their own difference. You know, I'm imagining that uh, there may be some people listening to this podcast, too, that are with some of those companies, because we have people listening to the Farm to Table Talk from all over the world, include people that are involved in large companies, small companies, small farmers, people that are very food-oriented and care about this sort of thing. People want to have, obviously, food that tastes good, but there are a lot of people, too, that are are really also want to find some way that they're being helpful and dealing with companies that are trying to be concerned with the environment is of um, high priority to many people. But I want to get back to the idea that bigger companies could look at what you're doing and they say, look, you know, we're, we're shipping cookies all over the world. We can step it up. We can do a better job. There's uh, Drew's cookies out you know, in LA, for example, look what they're doing. Is it your hope that you'll start getting, uh, making an impression on them that they'll say, gee, this is, um, if they can do it, maybe we can. Look, I'm, I'd love to, I'd love to say yes to that. Right. I'd love that they would hear my little story and they'd be super excited. The people that can make the difference are all of us. And let's just pick on Procter and Gamble and Tide, or let's pick Gillette because I bought a Gillette razor and I was like blown away at how much plastic was in that packaging. Until there's momentum that puts corporations under pressure, there's not going to be much change. And I'm talking real pressure. So, for example, if somebody's sitting at home and you know they bought something on Amazon, for example, it's not that radical to leave a one-star review on Amazon and be like. Love the product. Your packaging is toxic for the planet. One star. If one to 10 to hundreds to thousands of people start doing that, and then the large corporations in their reviews and their actual public face to customers is affected, they're going to start, you know, they're going to start making change. And, and I come up with that kind of radical idea because it's not that different than writing your congressman or congresswoman. So it's interesting when I hear you say that, it reminds me years ago, I was in some sort of a workshop where they had everybody take a test sort of to see how you scored on altruism. And I scored pretty high uh, on, on altruism. And somebody right next to me was extremely low and we were kind of comparing notes. And it was just really interesting because some of us are wired differently. Some of us just are drawn to it. And uh, and I find it interesting having this little conversation with you, Drew, because you're talking about, I think, a combination of both having a company that I'm sure you want to sell product and and in addition to making people happy, you got to make some money and eventually pay people, people that are baking the cookies and distributing and have some money left over for yourself. But 
as I keep hearing you say these things, it makes me feel like maybe even a higher priority in, in your mind is to make a difference, is to give an example that others can take a small step that they don't have to be Procter & Gamble to be able to take a step in the right direction and it all adds up. Yeah, and you're bringing in the concept of altruism is is real is interesting and, and genius because it's what we're talking about. So, and this isn't to shine light on me. The money that I use to plant trees and to help Alma to get this business started, just the philanthropic giveaway would have been enough to buy a white gold Rolex. Okay, great. What extra utility? What enjoyment? What pleasure does having a gold Rolex give me? For me personally, none. And I'm not shaming anyone that has a gold Rolex, but from an altruistic perspective and from putting our best first foot forward with the brand, putting our money where our mouth was in the most altruistic way possible absolutely mattered. And it's how we want to live our life. It's how what we want to think about when we go to bed and when we wake up at night. How are we living? Who are we, you know, who are we throughout? throughout our life. Boy, sign me up. Are you able to, on your packaging, add some of those philosophies? Are you, are, because, I mean, some story, I know we start off saying that you have to be a little bit vulnerable to being criticized if people think you're just greenwashing, trying to have all happy stories, and it's a marketing technique. But it's also, it's something you believe very strongly, though, and that, um, do you look at the real estate around your packaging and saying, there's a chance I can put something in here. I can put a statement, an idea, a link, you know, QR code or something that shows this project or that project or reminds people that the little things, even choosing where they get their cookies, uh, that all add up. Yeah, we, we have a, our new packaging will have a QR code. We have our website and we have our Instagram and we're fully transparent in what we do, where we're doing it, what our financial giveaway is. So for example, we did yoga on the rooftop of Soho house with Adidas around sustainability. And we got a couple carloads of clothes and goodies to take down to Alma because we didn't want to make it just about us. You know, it's not like, Oh, come and drink and, Let's have like a cool party and get a DJ. It was like, no, like we're going to do yoga and Adidas sponsored us and people brought clothes and kids books. And we got like a box of crayons to, you know, help support Alma's summer camp. So we do, we do put those things out there because we want to inspire people and lead by example. And like, you know, I had a birthday last year. Like, I don't need, I don't need more stuff. And I was just like, you know, everybody just bring like a kid's book. And like, we gave a box of kid's books away because it's just, it's like that easy. If people want to do it at their, you know, Thanksgiving table, what are you grateful for? Everybody bring like a new or use, you know, there's, there's always somebody in need and, and those little gestures go a long way. And I'm wondering when you've mentioned Alma a couple times, and uh, so has it been going long enough that it's able to show some of the fruits of its labors of people that have transitioned working there and gotten on their feet as a result yeah. of them? I, I think it has. I, I can't speak to any, you know, individual success stories because I kind of come and go and I'm just getting to know the know their team. But 
I think more than anything, it's, you know, when, when you've been incarcerated or you've been at a point in your, in your life where you're, you're not necessarily connected to society in a functional way, just having a place to go, you know, having someone, colleagues that, that are excited to see you, work to do that you can feel good about. So it, it is turning, turning the corner for a lot of folks. I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I mean, that you I still haven't even tasted the cookies. I'm looking forward to that. But to be able to combine it with the mission, to be able to help others and to give an example, show people that you can make a difference, one purchase at a time even, whether or not it's your cookies or something else or some other, other products, in particular, where you're purchasing and what's the story behind what is it that they're doing good. But I, I really love the, the lesson uh, that one person can make a difference because otherwise you, you know, you get up and you turn on the news every morning and you see all that's happening all over the world and saying, gee, what difference could I possibly make? And um, you're a good reminder that as an individual, you can make a difference. And sometimes a difference is a lot of people making small changes. Yeah. Whether yeah. that's taking or giving and and being in that loop of giving and receiving if we put on the our calendar right now that we're going to have another conversation four or five years from now what do you hope will have happened in that time how might this journey that you're on be looking uh, you know four or five years down the road how do you hope it is I hope that we've engaged people with the fun of nature, with the same awe that we did when we were seven years old. That could be through engaging with our customers in different ways so that we get them back in nature and among landscapes they haven't seen before. That could be Antarctica, that could be going on safari. So we celebrating how truly awesome this planet is and the limited resources that were around and doing it around like a full breadth of products that like taste great and are, you know, sustainability friendly and like, or just have a good time. You know, it's funny. You pick seven years old and I often ask guests about mm -hmm. how they got into what they're doing. And sometimes ask them, you know, when they were a little boy or a little girl growing up, did they did they think they'd be doing what they're doing today? Was this what they really hoped for? And oftentimes it comes up that people had different dreams and they, you know, something more playful. And, it, uh, and it's an interesting thing to try to connect back to when we were free and easy and having a good time and fun connecting with nature and that sort of thing. And then loop all the way ahead, sometimes 30 to 40 years ahead and find that they're in some job that is kind of sucking their soul out of them and thinking there must be something different. And that's one of the things I'm drawn to in these conversations around for table talk, because along this food journey, you find people farming, cooking, baking, running restaurants, and so forth that are finding another way to connect, finding themselves and, and give back. Um, and your story is particularly impressive. I really like I like what you're doing. 
And and I think what this might be a time to pause, Drew, and tell people where they might be able to learn more about your products, uh, how they can find you on the social media or online. Yeah, we're uh, just our Instagram at Drews for Change. And we, we kind of a lot of times give people a heads up on events, whether it's doing yoga or going to Alma. So come and join us or if you're visiting L.A., you know, come come to our table. And I, and I love that you're doing the, the table be, around food, because that's kind of the, the core of why we're picking to, to go on this sustainable sustainability mission around food, whether it be popcorn or cookies or milk is that we come together at the table and those are where our best and sometimes worst conversations with friends and loved ones and and strangers. And and that's something, whether you're in LA or in India or in Buenos Aires or, you know, in Lebanon, like the table and the food and the culture, it's something that really unites us. Well, I had that in mind when I ended up getting Farm to Table Talk, the name of the podcast, and was still able to get the website on Table Talk. Because most people assume that the focus was just what they might think of a farm to table or farm to fork. But really, the table talk part of it was also really important. Because I think just what you're saying is exactly right, that people can sit down and they can have conversations and used to be able to have a meeting of the mind and identify, you know, problems, opportunities, common interests, and what are those little things they can do. And um, so I really appreciate your being here and being a part of, of this table talk. Any final observations you might have that we've left out that you would like to share with share with folks? No, I think even if you don't like our cookies or popcorn, I think just to encourage people that whether it's reaching out to, you know, your favorite brands about their packaging or educating your kids, your nephews, your neighbor, planting trees together, tilling some soil, growing vegetables. You know, we're in this time kind of post COVID where everyone's trying to get their bearings back. I think it's just sharing kindness and, and, you know, celebrating nature and, and just. Well, Drew, I can uh, tell you, I can yeah. tell you from, from my standpoint from farm to table talk, my little contribution is to keep looking for people like you to have conversations Thanks. with because I, I believe in what you're doing. And I also feel that individuals can make a difference and those small steps that we can take, they all add up. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Keep me posted. And we'll have another conversation someday. So I want to thank you for I being on Farm to Table Talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. Robert. You've been listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. 